It's undeniably one of the most beautiful places in the world. From the year-round tropical weather to pristine beaches with crystal clear water, all-inclusive resorts with smiling faces just waiting to see to your every need, Jamaica continues to be the top destination in the Caribbean of Americans. But beyond the country's carefully designed and monitored tourism corridor lies a much different Jamaica, a Jamaica where every little thing isn't all right. And while Americans are prone to get involved in human rights abuses happening in other countries, they have had little to say about the state-sanctioned genocide taking place where they play and vacay. Imagine pitchfork and torch-carrying murderous mobs chasing down men and women and killing them in the street to the cheers of onlookers. No, this isn't the 14th century. This is happening in 2022, and it's happening to queer people on a regular basis just beyond the walls of the fancy resorts Americans are vacationing in. My name is Jasmine Kanick, and welcome to Ring the Alarm, a special series in partnership with The Advocate magazine that is taking a deep dive into Jamaica's ongoing religious extremist terrorism that has lesbian, gay, and trans men and women hiding and living in fear like Black runaway slaves. During this series, I will bring to you the stories and voices of queer Jamaicans from what is undeniably one of the most homophobic countries in the world, including an exclusive look inside at a secret modern-day underground railroad working to save the lives of LGBTQ people in Jamaica. But before I continue, a few things. You should know that all of these interviews were conducted in Jamaica. Some were done in cars, alleys, on the street, over the phone, others in safe spaces where we could not be overheard because just the act of discussing anything gay-related can be life-threatening in Jamaica. Jamaicans speak Patois, which is a type of English Creole that arose during the slave trade so that slave owners would not understand what the slaves were saying to one another. The language has West African influences and is spoken primarily among the Jamaican diaspora. At times, it may be difficult to understand what someone is saying, so I will translate it. Finally, I want to warn you that listening further may be disturbing and even traumatizing. It should be. If it isn't, I haven't done my job as a journalist. That said, if you are sensitive to rape, homophobic slurs, sexual violence, and suicide, please know your limits and act accordingly. At the conclusion of each episode, I will tell you how you can get involved and help LGBTQ men and women in Jamaica from wherever you are in the world. So make sure you listen all the way through. Jamaica, with nearly 2 million Americans visiting in 2019, it continues to be the most popular tourist destination in the Caribbean for Americans. From the island's beautiful beaches to its tropical year-round weather, from the outside looking in, Jamaica seems like one of the best places to live in the world. And for some it is, unless you're gay. 
Did you know that Jamaica houses more bars and churches per square mile than any other place in the world? Jamaica, like with most of Black Africa, was heavily influenced by established white Christian churches, particularly the Pentecostalists and Seventh-day Adventists, who condemn same-sex practices and relationships and have also been very public about their opposition to marriage equality. Where their anti-gay rhetoric and policies have failed in America, these same churches have succeeded in underdeveloped Black countries. Known for fighting against queer rights, access to safe abortion, and contraceptives, these groups have increased their spending and activity in African and Caribbean nations in what is being called an opportunistic use of Africans and West Indians for U.S.-style culture wars. Similarly, Rastafarism, a religion as homophobic as fundamentalist Christianity and one that is followed by a large number of Jamaicans, including many reggae artists, believe in a strict interpretation of the Old Testament. They have interpreted biblical proclamations on same-sex relationships, such as the infamous Leviticus 18.22, Thou shall not lie with mankind as with womankind, it is an abomination, as proof of God's hatred of LGBTQ people. Rastafari believe that same-sex attraction is a product of Babylon, a corrupt modern society, and will not be found in Zion, the Black homeland and birthplace of humanity. Many say that reggae artists and their murder music simply reflect that fact. World is in trouble. Anytime Mojo Manton come, party boy get up and run. A gunshot in the head back. You don't tell him no crow. It's like boom, bye, bye, in a body boy head. Who going to promote no nasty man, them are fit dead. Boom, bye, bye, in a body boy head. Who going to promote no nasty man, them are fit dead. Boom, the sound of a gunshot. Bye, bye, in a faggot's head. The tough young guys don't accept faggots. They have to die. Jamaican dancehall star Buju Bantan was 15 years old in 1988 when he recorded what remains to this day as one of his best known tracks, Boom Bye Bye. Batiman and Chichi Man in Jamaican Patois are the equivalent of the F word in American English. But it's not just reggae's murder music that legitimizes hate crimes against queer people in Jamaica. Dancehall group T.O.K.'s track Chichiman is about killing and burning gay men and was the Jamaican Labor Party's 2001 theme song. Its lyrics, those who gather in a faggot's car blaze the fire, let's burn them. Those who drink in a faggot bar blaze the fire, let's kill them. My crew, my, crew, my, dogs, my dogs, set rules, set, rules, set laws. laws, we represent for the lords of yards, a gal alone I feel up my... And not to be outdone, in 2002, the People's National Party used the slogan Log On to Progress, a reference to the dancehall song Log On by Elephant Man, which also features anti-gay lyrics. Log on and stomp on a faggot. Log on because you know you're not a faggot. Log on and stomp on a faggot. We dance and dance and burn up a faggot. 
Anti-sodomy laws criminalizing sex between men remain on the books in Jamaica and other former British colonies in the Caribbean. As a result, gay men are essentially viewed as criminals, making it nearly impossible for them to go to the police when violence is committed against them. While consensual sex between two women is not illegal in Jamaica, murder music makes no distinction and is sure to include lesbian women as targets. Every year, dozens of queer men and women are murdered in Jamaica, and even more are violently attacked. It is not uncommon for lesbian, gay, and trans men and women to be gang raped, an act many believe in Jamaica can help rid the person of their homosexuality. These attacks are rarely reported on in the news media, and when they are, the reporting is biased in favor of the perpetrators. On my last trip to Jamaica, upon landing in Kingston, we were immediately made aware of three men, including a 16-year-old boy who had just been robbed, raped, set on fire, and one of them nearly had his penis severed. This after the men were set up on a gay dating site. At the time, the teenager was in the hospital in critical condition in need of assistance after being disowned by his parents for being gay. He asked me not to use his name because he's afraid of being identified and killed. When I tell my parents, they did not believe me and they they were like saying bad things about me and treating me like... When I told my parents, they did not believe me. They were like saying bad things about me and treating me like they don't want me anymore. So I have to go to my grandmother's house, and then they come for me again. My parents and my brother abused me and cursed me, and now I feel afraid. Likely they told my friends and And that was just it. And now I feel afraid because, like, they told my friends and so forth. So I'm kind of afraid and I was going to commit suicide, which my mind told me not to because I was so depressed. The teen is lucky to have his life. In 2020, 43-year-old Allie Jackson, who worked as a warehouse manager, went on a similar gay dating site and hooked up with an alleged single gay companion who lured him out under false pretenses. Allie Jackson never returned to work, and one week after he was reported missing, the police got some leads and discovered his vehicle, which had been set on fire and abandoned. Allie Jackson's decomposed body was later found in a shallow grave. I sat down with a group of queer Jamaican adults living in a secret safe house to discuss their experiences. One of the first questions I asked them was how they felt about Jamaicans being portrayed as homophobic to the outside world and if they were concerned about having a negative image for their country. Put the truth out. Put the truth out. Most of the time, the pure truth comes out and you'll be upset. But if you reel within yourself, you look back and say, yes, that true. You have to do what you have to do. The truth needs to come out. 
The truth needs to come out. The LGBT community here, we don't have no rights. We don't have no rights. When it comes to the gay community here, we are badly treated. Other than you being gay, you can have a nice life and a nice everything. Jamaica is a nice place to live. Oh, very and transform. And transform. Because at the end of the day, you know, lesbian and gays because at the end of the day lesbian and gays get it way better than trans men and women you know i think trans men and women get it the worst the truth the truth needs to come out the people need to know the situation with the lgbt community out here and this pretty up business is not going to help me it's not going to help me Jay is a 25-year-old trans man living in the safe house. I have a trans friend that lives in Canada now, and he was a police officer. I have a trans friend that lives in Canada now, and he was a police officer, but out here he was a female, and Kevin had to run for his life because a mob was coming to kill him. His own colleagues told them where to find him to kill him because they said he was living as a lesbian in Jamaica. That's how I got my beating, because they said I was a lesbian. It's not my fault that you're not needed. <laughs> Jay came to the safe house after he was accused of being a lesbian and was brutally assaulted. The 31st of January 2019, I was insane to this bit in my community. The 31st of January, 2019, me and my cousin decided to go to the bar to have a drink. And when I arrived at the bar, I instantly noticed that there were many, many men. I went to the bar. There was about 10, maybe more guys here in the bar. And as I stepped in, because from a very younger age, it was... From a very young age, it was evident that I was not like my peers. I came out when I was about 15 or 16. Everyone assumed until I came out. I was in the bar for about 10 minutes. So I was in the bar for about 10 minutes and the environment was becoming hostile. The threats were becoming more violent. So I told my cousin I was going to leave and got up from the bar. As I was about to leave, I felt someone grab me from behind grabbed my hands, and pulled me in an upward position. And by the time that person grabbed me from behind, they ran up to me and hit me in my face. And after that, they just beat me in my face. By the time that person grabbed me from behind, another man ran up to me with a beer bottom and hit me in my face. And after it broke, he continued to stab me all over my face after getting I ended up with nine face stabs and a dislocated shoulder, and they started to kick me and punch me. After they found out how bad I was hurt, I guess they panicked and got in their cars and left. I got up and went to the bathroom and threw water on my face. I kept spilling out blood, and I had to take off my shirt. After that, I went and told my mother and family what happened. I have a gay cousin that's been through way worse than what I've been through. He can't even come out on the street. If he wants something from the store, somebody has to go and get it for him. 
And the police just said they can't wait for the people to hurry up and kill him. Jay says that he reached out to the nonprofit Jay Flag for help, the Jamaica Forum for Lesbians, All Sexuals, and Gays. At one point, I tried to reach out to Jay Flag before. I reached out to this organization. They didn't do anything. JFLAG isn't doing anything. That's the truth. That's the truth. The only time JFLAG does something is when they want the media platform, when the media is around for their donors or their friends. Yeah, their friends. And they pick and choose. Pick and choose Come around and photo op with you and put it up on their page and find donors and find supporters. JFLAG doesn't do anything for us here. If it wasn't for Mr. Powell and Mr. Garrett and so many other people, Reverend and even yourself, a lot of us, whether here or so at other safe houses, would have been lost and probably taken our own lives. Dane is the former executive director of JFLAG. He has since started his own non-governmental organization to provide services to Jamaica's LGBTQ community. After 10 years of working for JFLAG, he reflects on the organization's reputation among Jamaica's queer community. I'm former ED at JFLAG. I stepped back in 2017. I'm the former ED at JFLAG. I stepped back in 2017. I started to mobilize more resources. There's need for the stuff that we are actually doing which really helps people. The board actually needs to be aware of that. That's a resounding issue. The board actually needs to be aware of that. That's a resounding issue from the community. Yeah. You know, I got, I got a complaint, and not to, as you said, dog, an right. agency, right. but I got a complaint. I got a complaint from someone who simply reached out and they needed access to a counselor, you know, who was sensitive and they didn't even make a referral. I mean, as basic as that. And for me, that's an issue. Not the stuff that I spent 10 years building. Nobody relates to that. The stuff that I spent 10 years building, it's like, nobody relates to them. They don't relate to anybody. The last major case that we had um, in the international press around was the murder of Dwayne Jones. Um, one of a group of three who had gone to a party, dressed up the night, um, and one of them was murdered. The other two had to flee and um, have sought asylum somewhere else. But for me, what was most traumatic about that instance was that 300, you know, it's a, it's a street dance. You can't imagine less than 300 persons being there. Mm-hmm. Could stand by and watch a mob of people no kill somebody. You know, stab him, drive over him with a car. I mean, for what? You know, is it. This is no respect for life. Jay told me that he told his family about the assault and his aunt took him to the local police station, but the police wouldn't allow him inside and complained he may get blood everywhere. 
Jay had to go to another police station just to get a report taken. I still haven't gotten. I still haven't gotten a statement, a written statement. I still haven't gotten no justice, no media coverage. Honestly, since that happened, I've been suicidal until moving here. Because I didn't feel like I had a reason to live in Jamaica because the police didn't do anything about it. The government didn't do anything about it. I thought my only option was to kill myself because before somebody killed me, I'd rather do it myself. In the next episode of Ring the Alarm, we'll hear from trans men and women living in a secret safe house in hiding while waiting and hoping to receive asylum so that they can leave Jamaica behind. For more information on how you can get involved and help these men and women, visit IamJasmine.com. Use the keyword Jamaica. Make sure to share this podcast and sign up for my email list to know when new episodes drop. My name is Jasmine Kanick, and this has been Ring the Alarm, a special series taking a deep dive into Jamaica's ongoing religious extremist terrorism targeting lesbian, gay, and trans men and women. Thank you for listening, and most of all, thank you for caring. Ring the Alarm is produced and hosted by Jasmine Kanick with voiceover support from Kareem Ferguson. (laughs) 